The draft is over. I'm going to spend all week telling you about the picks, but today I'm going to pick my three favorites, and I'll do it in just a second here on Locked On Jaguars. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, where it's your team every day, and we thank you for making us your first listen. We'd like to thank you for joining us and also reminding you that we are on YouTube and it's a free subscription. Just go to YouTube and check me out and you get to see my face every day while I talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then make sure you go wherever you get your podcast and get the audio version. Make sure you check in every single day because we'll be there every single day because it's your team every day. And we thank you for joining us here again on locked on Jaguars. Going to go through some things this week. Uh, Look at all of the draft picks. Yeah. I'm going to take all week to look at all of these draft picks since the Jaguars had 72,000 draft picks, right? 13 picks for the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of people a little bit disappointed because I, I think they were disappointed early. Because it wasn't your names on on list, right? So they take Brenton Strange in the second round, a tight end out of Penn State, and Darnell Washington sitting right there on the board. So a name you were very familiar with, someone uh, that you know had been in a lot of mock drafts coming to Jacksonville. When they don't take him and they take someone else, fans initially get upset until they do a little bit of their research. And there's something I always warned everyone about. Don't get so caught up with names on lists. And we do it every single year. I say we. I'm not. I'm, yeah, there's a mouse in my pocket. I'm talking about us. We do mock drafts for content. We discuss it. We get in, in, in depth to it. We try to do the absolute best we can. Some people accuse folks of having groupthink. I, I wouldn't go that far. It's just that I, I just wouldn't think that the average fan knows what an area scout knows, right? And um, so there was a couple of picks this week. I was actually talking to my buddy who used to be an area scout who's now in power five. And he would text me, he was an area scout, area scout. So every time one of these picks would come up, he was just indicating me this. He said, Hey, these are the picks that I guarantee you somebody stood on the table for and said, no, you got to take them. You got to take them. So a part of this process is, excuse me, the GM chooses people that he believes in that understands exactly who and what it is have the makeup and the skill set of what this team is looking for. Right. And it's also the coach is also included included in that. Of course, Antonio Johnson was almost a no brainer. I think that had a lot to do with both the head coach, the, the GM, as well as the offensive line coach with look, what do we have in these when you go out and do your scouting at pro days and combine? What do we have in these dudes? Pick your guy and be realistic and really do your research. They were extremely comfortable with that pick. We went through a lot of that Friday, so I won't necessarily sit and, and drag you through that again uh, today. But uh, they absolutely went through a lot of that Friday. We went through a lot of that Friday with Anton Harrison as my phone was sitting here ringing off the hook. But um, it's these other picks 
the other picks that we, we're going to get to here with there are three three that i want to really really focus on and that's brenton strange tank bigsby that's round two round three and then antonio johnson antonio johnson uh the safety out of texas and who they actually got round five i think they were shocked in fact a little intel here uh the giants were probably ready to take antonio johnson and they got undercut by the jaguars so good for them uh i wonder though when trent balky had previously said that they were focusing on 137 players did everyone that they draft come from the 137 or did they have to venture outside of that a little bit and and get someone who wasn't necessarily on the list but someone who started to slip and fall a little bit i think antonio johnson might be one of those guys like why is he falling or what's going on with him and i think that there were just some people perplexed about exactly where he was going to play so we'll uh go through that too the thing is is though if i had to if i had to come up with some some sort of synopsis or, or theory here and this is what it is and bear with me a little bit because my back is killing me but bear with me look i believe the draft picks give you a better understanding of what the teams thought of their team before the draft than anything else we can speculate about who they like who they don't everybody and their brother including me thought that because they had come out and said that they need more pass rush but then i, I remember vividly with me saying this i said they got three first round picks on their roster as edge rushers guys that they like guys that all everyone likes nobody wants to get rid of them but when you say that area needs more help it doesn't mean they're going to go ahead and draft a pick. They could mean, and if somebody can correct me, I said this last week, it could mean that those guys just need to improve and get better, right? And Doug Peterson so much has said it after the after the draft. He said, Josh Allen, we expect Josh to take the next step. And he said, and we got Trayvon there. You know, like they're happy with him, you know? So this is the thing that sometimes we don't get because we're not in the film room we're not privy to this information what if guys are actually playing better than their numbers indicate but for some other reasons that these coaches see on tape the results aren't aren't, aren't there so we start thinking that okay it's this person it's on them it's their fault it's their problem all of these things and it just turns out to not be the case the jaguars didn't draft anybody to play the edge first two days right the jaguars didn't draft a corner in the first two days and all everybody was mocking to them were offensive linemen corners and edge rushers you would think that they were going to go bang 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 it is not the case it is not the case what did the picks tell me about how doug peterson feels about this team this is this is my favorite part I'm going to tell y'all this, and then it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. You won't believe it, and I'll do it in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. But first, I need to let you know about today's sponsor, and that is Built, as in Built Bar, as in Built Bar Puffs. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best-tasting protein bar ever, Built. You got to try it. One, you ain't going to get your hands all messed up, all chalky and feeling all waxy because it has the texture and taste of a candy bar and the puffs have a texture and taste of a pastry 
It's going to feel like you're not eating something that you're supposed to be eating if you're working out and trying to watch your figure. But to the contrary, it is. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, starters, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Now, normally that's enough for 90% of the people. They don't want to hear anything else because they love dark chocolate. But check this out. Listen to these macros. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And we have been telling you to go to Built.com, and you can still do that to order your, your Built Bars and your Puffs. But now... You can actually go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. Go to the uh, pharmacy section to get you a four-bar box. If you're at Walmart and if you're in Sam's, 13. That's right, 13-bar box of our hit flavors, brownie, batter, puff, and churro puff. You can thank me later. Check out all that goodness at Built.com. I. Running along here, segment two, Locked on Jaguars. We thank our everydayers for joining us and making us their first listen. And if you're here for the first time today, make sure you tap back in tomorrow because once you're here for the second time, that means you're almost an everyday, right? All right, so let me tell you what this told me. When I looked at the draft, maybe not the first pick, maybe not the second pick, but after the third pick, after you get from Antonio Johnson to Brenton Strange to, to Tank Bigsby. Now, we can talk all day about we can talk all day about what led up to the Antonio Johnson pick. How much of a factor was it that they lost Jawan Taylor? How much was it that they got to start the year, presumably without Cam Robinson, uh, if he doesn't win an appeal for a suspension for PEDs, that it absolutely became a necessity. We can throw in the argument or the theory that when in doubt, draft big people. I remember I said that to Tom Coughlin one time, and he looked at me like I was crazy as if I haven't heard – 40 uh, former personnel people or 40 folks in the past have that theory that one of the things that you one of the things that you do is you you draft if if all things are are equal across the board just get the biggest guy right you've heard that before i remember i said it to coffin he was like well big guys that play football play football better than little guys something like that just this weekend, I heard somebody say it again. They said, you know what? If you think the draft isn't good or you think the draft is if all the players are equal, you got more big guys on your roster than anybody. An offensive and defensive line, you're going to have nine to ten people on your forty on, on your, your, your 53, right? Nine to ten on your 53. It's almost like 18%. And if you add them together, say you got 19, 19, let, let's just say you have 19 people that are either an offensive defensive lineman, right? Out of 53, that's almost a third. It could be a third. I think 19 times three is 50. Yeah, it is. It's more than a third because 19 times three is 57. So more than a third of your people are going to be those guys. So why not just keep taking swings at it, especially when you talk about – and it's the one thing that is very, very difficult to replace. You get guys that are injured and banged up, they absolutely – it's harder to replace and harder to find an offensive lineman walking on the street than it is to find like a running back or a wide receiver that can come in and give you a little bit of help. So um, teams do big guys just like they do quarterbacks, man. If they can get a hold of them, they're going to keep them. They're going to hold them. They're going to put them on their scout team. And the guys that can really play always have jobs. So 
you can put that into the equation, but there's something bigger I thought about. And what I thought about was this. And I did it from third round backwards to sec to first round as opposed to doing it the other way because Antonio Johnson, Antonio, not Antonio Johnson, but because Anton Harrison was such a, a given that this is what the Jaguars needed to do because after him, I think the only other guy that was really left out there was Matthew Berger on it. And after that, it just started, it was going to be hard to find these tackles, right? But when I look up and I see, okay, wait a minute. In the second round, they added an H-back, which is what he is. He's part fullback in Brenton Strange, part fullback, part tight end, who is athletic in a small dose. Now, what I mean by a small dose is this. He doesn't have long speed. In fact, on the highlights that I've seen and a little tape that I watch, whenever Britton Strange catches the ball, he has a tendency to get open. He's quick. When he starts running, he's going to get caught from behind. So he's not – you're not looking at Mark Andrews. You're not looking at, at uh, you know, Travis Kelsey. No. you're not. It's not like a Luke Musgrave or Dalton Kincaid. Nothing like that. But what he is is sort of a gadget player, right, where he's – a better version of he's a better version of what they've had in the past. Uh, he's a better version of he's not the type of player that if you bring him in, you go, okay, he's just a blocking tight end. No, he's a red zone problem because you think that's what he does. And then you know what? He'll come running back by and they'll take an underhanded pitch or he'll disappear in the formation. He'll sneak out and he'll get right in the middle of, of the defense. I saw a couple of plays where he was blocking, and all of a sudden he doubled back, spin, and caught the ball in the middle of the field. He typically reminds you, he, he is, he typically reminds you, he's not Chris Manhurts. He's Chris Manhurts with a little something in him, a, a little wiggle. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be, and no one told me this, this was Doug Peterson. This was Doug. This was Doug Peterson saying, <laughs> I need I need some of that because of this. And I guarantee you, at some point, they're not going to tell us the negative assessment of their team. You wouldn't go around talking about, you know what your kids' weaknesses are. You're just going to go advertise them to the whole world. No, you're going to try to fix it. Looking at Bigsby and Strange together that early on day two tells me that they weren't going to sacrifice athleticism, but what they what they did feel like they needed was toughness. And I'm not saying that the people on the team aren't tough, all right? But what I am saying is this. They became harder to tackle with Tank Bigsby. They, 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 they became now with Bigsby and Strange together, they became a team that at certain points of the game, they're going to lean on you a little bit. But they didn't sacrifice the ability to make plays because Strange can catch. I saw him make a one-handed catch, and he can make you miss, and he's hard to bring down. And Tank Bigsby still gives you the straight-line speed that y'all that you covered at the running back position, but now you become harder to – he's a real bona fide starting NFL running back to go with Travis Etienne. And what's one of the things that you've always heard about Etienne? Man, every time he gets hit, I think – I wouldn't be surprised if all of his pads fly off because he's running so hard and that contact comes and it just looks like he's getting demolished every time he gets. Okay. So you got that part of it. 
And I think at some point the Jaguars looked at themselves in the mirror and realized we need some more hind parts. We need some more sandbags in our pocket. We need some more guys that make the other team tired during certain periods of the game. We need to be able to at some point play this brand of power football that allows us to get an advantage from possessing the ball. Our goal line plays have to be more than tricks to Jamal Agnew and and plays where we outflank people or misdirection. No, we got to get inside that five-yard line and we got to punch people in their face and score these points. I look back at what I saw them pick, especially early, and it looks like a guy, a coach saying to Trent Baalke, we ain't tough enough. In critical points in the game, we're still dipsy doing and and we got our quarterback running and we and we're we we're, we're doing direct snaps and fakes and he's going this way or or we're throwing we're throwing quick outs behind the line of scrimmage. At some point, Doug said, you know what? We can get by with that, and that works sometimes, but sometimes this is football. Sometimes you got to step to a person or step to a team. You got to punch them in their face. And I'll tell you what happened to Jacksonville in the game against Kansas City when Mahomes got hurt. When Mahomes got hurt, Andy Reid said, we got to run the ball. And they gave the ball to Pacheco, and he got him from out of the end zone, and he took him to to midfield. And they kept running the football right in the middle of the defense. Think about Philly. When Jacksonville played Philly and things were going bad and it was raining, early in the game they turned around and they handed the ball off to Gainwell and Sanders, and those guys were chunking up yards right up the middle. Because in football, no matter how good your quarterback is, there comes a point in time where you got to actually decide to be a tough guy. And those three picks, those two, especially the first one, we can add a bunch of stuff to it because it was a need position, but he's also a very talented player. But you can lump him in with this too because when you think about it, Anton Harrison's a very, very physical football player, whether he plays at right or left tackle. So look what the Jaguars decided to do. When everybody's thinking corner opposite, everybody's thinking slot corner, and everyone is thinking specifics, We need an edge rusher. Everyone was thinking specifics about things to add. That's not what they were thinking. They were thinking overall characteristic of their team and something that they probably felt that they were missing based on what they did here was guys that will punch you in the face and guys that are hard to tackle combined, not to replace ETN, not to replace Evan Ingram, but to add two and make the Jaguars more multiple on offense and make it so that their weakness goes away. I'm going to keep talking about this, and I'm going to tell you also what I envision Antonio Johnson being like as a Jacksonville Jaguar, and I'll do that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguar. All right, third and final segment here on Locked on Jaguars. Remember, making us your first listen is the greatest thing on earth, and shout out to my everydayers. Your second listen should be what are you going to hear tomorrow. What you're going to hear tomorrow is I'm going to go through some of the other draft picks, and we're going to get to all of them. And we'll talk about how they're able to help the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then later in the week, I also promise I'm going to push this back. I said it was going to be Tuesday, but it's going to be Wednesday or Thursday-ish. We're going to really look at the secondary market in uh, veteran free agency to see who – I made contact with somebody this weekend. Okay, I'll tell you. I hit Yannick Ngakwe up, right? 
and I forgot what he said. He said, hey, my guy, what's going on? I said, are you coming back to Jacksonville? And this is what he said. He sounded like Kevin Garnett. He said, anything is possible with a smiley face. So we'll see. It will pull back a little bit and wait on that. But we're going to keep talking about these draft picks because it's their time right now. Um, we discussed the physicality. We discussed this this element that we probably didn't imagine. But when you look back at it, how many times did the Jaguars struggle in the red zone or even when they didn't struggle in the red zone? How did they eventually score? Misdirection, a great throw by Trevor, a scramble route, Jamal Agnew or someone making somebody miss, a great catch, a catch and run where guys were blocking down the field, all great things but things you necessarily that only take you so far you can't depend on. It's not that those things don't work. What it is is this. If there's an element missing, everyone knows you always have to do stuff like that, right? So the Jaguar said, in my opinion, when you watch Tank Bigsby, what you get is a great one-two punch, a great one-two punch, and and I don't use that word lightly, with Travis Etienne. Two starters. This is basically Tank Bigsby to me is Damian Pierce with with speed. He's a home run hitter. He runs strong. He runs powerful. Teams are going to get tired of tackling him. Those hits when you see guys come up and blow up ETN, because what I think ETN is doing, I think he's focusing on a touchdown. So when he gets stopped, he's not bracing for it. It's just like, bang, it looks like. It kind of looks like a a cheetah that gets tripped and falls. The gazelle changes there and he keeps. That's what. But. I think that's cool and that still works because every now and then you still get that, that home run ability and he's not soft. He runs hard. He runs right. I think ETN is probably better running inside anyway than he is outside, but Bigsby will give you the same explosiveness, maybe not quite as much speed, but he's very hard to tackle. And there's a cumulative effect of dealing with guys like him and dealing with guys like Britton strange strains allows you to have the versatility and the physicality from the tight end position, but now you also have to worry about him catching the ball because he can catch it. And once he catches it, you got to bring him down, and that's hard to do. So whereas Chris Mann hurts, he was out there to block. So this is where you get rid of those tails. Like Evan Ingram is out there to catch passes. Mann hurts is out there to block. So we can kind of get an idea of what, when you have your personnel in the game, we can get an idea exactly what you're trying to pull off. And if you don't pull it off, you're trying to you're trying to just fool us. Well, now all of that poker stuff goes out of the window. When these guys are in the game, you don't know what they're going to do. Strange might go down the seam. He might hit the flat. And then you leave him one out, one-on-one out there with a little guy that can't tackle him. But overall, the cumulative effect of having these players is that it brings a level of toughness and physicality, and it adds that element to this pot of gumbo we call the Jacksonville Jaguars. On defense, while they didn't do as much, we'll get into some guys um, – we're getting to uh, Muhammad and all of this. We'll get into them later on in the week and how they could possibly help the Jaguars. But there's one guy that stuck out, and it's only because I have a personal connection to uh, someone on the coaching staff at Texas A&M, and that's Antonio Johnson. I'm going to get rid of a myth about Antonio Johnson. Antonio Johnson is not going to be a slot corner guard wide receivers in the National Football League. What Antonio Johnson is going to be is another piece that will allow them to play a certain way you remember all those missed tackles when those running backs and those receivers were running across the formation? Remember the missed tackles with tight ends sometimes catching the ball and you see that stuff stops now. 
especially when they go to a big nickel. He is a strong safety who you can put down in the box and he can blitz the corner. He can blitz off of that corner, off of that hot corner. Just think of Rayshon Jenkins. Remember, Rayshon Jenkins made the play that saved the season when he forced a fumble off Josh Dobbs, which later on was picked up by Josh Allen. He ran it back. He is another Rayshon Jenkins. And remember, Rayshon Jenkins, you know, has like what? I think they extended him out a little bit. But when you lose, if, if you were able to, if you were to lose Rayshon Jenkins for, a, you know, a, a, a day or a couple of plays or whatever, this is the kind of guy you plug in. He's tall. He's 6'3". He's 210, well-built, a little bit of a long strider. But one thing he is, he will stick his nose in. I'm not saying he's Cam Chancellor, but he will lay a pop on you, and he covers ground. He can run and chase with the best. Imagine this. When folks were saying Devin Lloyd needs to move to safety, well, this is what he is. This is Devin Lloyd at safety, but obviously he's 25 pounds lighter, but you get the point. A long, athletic guy who can run, who fits the pro the profile of traits? He brings physicality. I think he can guard tight ends, and I think he helps that middle of the field where they struggle. Go back and watch the Colts game in Indy, not the one here, but the one they played in Indy, and how many passes were thrown five, six, seven yards down the field, and guys kept running through the formation, or they were running across the formation, or guys looked like they were chasing. The Jaguars guys in the back seven look like dogs chasing the mailman. Like, if, even if you catch them, you ain't going to be able to do nothing because it's a vehicle, K-9. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I think Antonio Johnson adds. I think he just slipped and fell, and I think the Jaguars probably had other priorities prior to that, but then they were wondering, why is he still there? And they took him, and they're going to benefit from him because – he is a quote unquote traits guy. Remember, when just just as soon as you think uh these dudes lay all they are is special teams guy, go back and look at Tyreek Willen. He was picked at 153, and he's all world out there for Seattle. So when you start getting these long athletes that you can't imagine what their position is, football has become positionalist. Now, when you have a bunch of picks, you can take chances on players like this, and I think it's gonna benefit the Jaguars. And he's going to shore up the tackling. So go back and look at what the Jaguar season was. And when we were all wondering what the coaches thought of their, their players, not with just what they thought of the draft picks, but what did they think of their team? They're not going to tell you that. They're going to show you that with how they draft. And I think what they were missing, I think this team was missing some toughness and some, some situational physicality. And I think they believe they went a long ways in order to fix that this past weekend make sure you hang in all we are going to be reviewing this as well as taking a look at what the new identity for this team is because it changes every time you add a piece or two make sure you hang in there with us because we're going to do this and take this walk together until next time you guys take care of us take care of each other and i'll see you on locked on jaguar